Hi, this is Bannon Backus before not only the show, the show's first ever season finale. I can't believe it. Thank you so much for being here for this. I, I can't thank you enough for listening. I've always wanted this show to be a bright spot in people's weeks, so I really appreciate you being a part of the Gone Show family. You're my kind of crazy, and I love it. Also, a special thank you to those listeners who submitted questions for this episode. I was really excited to see what those questions would be, and you did not disappoint, so thank you for those. And if you haven't taken a second to follow either BoomTube or The Gone Show on Facebook, or rated, reviewed, or subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, please consider taking a second to do that. Um, It always means a lot to me, and it would help us to continue to grow the show. So, in summary, the two main points are yay and thank you, but not necessarily in that order. Um, But thanks again, enjoy the season finale, and I'll see you back here next week for the second season. Welcome to a very special episode of The Gone Show, where tonight we'll be celebrating the season finale of our very first season by answering questions submitted by you, the listener. And now, joining the world and beyond from The Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of The Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Good evening, listeners, and thank you so much for joining us for this, the season finale of The Gone Show. Here in the studio, helping me to celebrate the finale in person, are Jay Stewart, who is a brain in a jar. I'm very excited to be here. And really quickly, those who listened to our last episode know that Jay is here, having returned from a Yeti ceremony in the Himalayas. Unfortunately, we won't have time tonight to talk about your experiences among the Yeti, Jay, but rest assured, I'll definitely be asking you all about your trip during our next episode. I can't wait to hear about it. It would be my pleasure. And John Mad Jack Mitten, who passed away in the first half of the 19th century and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache, is also joining us. Hello! And last but not least, Conroy Pike, who is widely regarded as the world's greatest courier, is also in the studio tonight. Good evening. Well, here we are at the end of our first season. I can't believe it. Nor can I. Time really does fly when you're having fun. Uh, Congratulations on having completed your first season. Uh, This is a tremendous accomplishment, and I wish you nothing but continued success with future seasons. Thanks, Jay. We couldn't have done it without you. Speaking of those who you couldn't have done it without, I must admit, I'm reminded of myself. Believe it or not, I agree, John. Well, somebody's in a good mood. Any chance of forgetting about the money that I owe you? No. Tonight, I'm reminded of a quote by Lily Tomlin. The road to success is always under construction. I know that you've worked very hard to make this first season a reality. 
and I know that you'll continue to work hard on future seasons. I'm happy to have been a part of the journey, and I hope to be a part of the continuing journey down this unfinished road. Thanks, Conroy. I appreciate it. This meeting of the Mutual Admiration Society is off to an admirable start. John is right, and of course, in the most annoying way possible. Thank you. It is about time that we begin celebrating our season finale by getting to some questions submitted by listeners. Might it be easier for everyone else to call it an early night? I imagine I'll be doing most of the talking. Naturally, why would things change now? Actually, our first question is for Jay, and it comes from Bonnie B. Bonnie asks, what did you look like when you still had a body? Well, thank you for the question, Bonnie. It's awfully nice of you to think of asking me a question, and I'm more than happy to answer it. But please don't think me vain for talking about my appearance. You have to rely on your personality now, so go wild. Well, I was a bit on the tall side, six feet three inches, and I weighed about 150 pounds. So, I guess you could say that I was a bit gangly. Okay, for some reason I can totally see that. I had blue eyes and dark brown hair. And as was the fashion at the time, I would tend to comb my hair back which also helped to keep me from looking unprofessional when I would take off my hat in a building. My word, you're practically a narcissist. It sounds like you were a good-looking guy, Jay. To quote Moko Koma Moko Nuana, We are way less often deceived by looks than we are by the act of looking. And speaking of appearances, this next question also has to do with looks, and it's for you, John. Of course it is. Right. This question comes from Carl S., and Carl asks you, John, what brand of mustache wax do you favor, or do you prefer to go au naturel? An excellent question from Carl, not only because of its content, but also because of the guest to whom it is directed. Answer the question, John. Well, Carl, first off, it's always fantastic to hear from one of my many adoring fans. And just because I have so many fans, don't think that I value your adoration any less. Answer the question, John. Secondly, the answer to your question is au naturel. That surprises me a little bit. I thought that you would have done everything imaginable to your mustache. Put wax in it, scented it with oils. For a lesser man, and I won't name anyone. Smart. 
for a lesser man. That sort of thing might be necessary. But in the end, a moustache springs from the virility of a man. And my virility runs very deep. So if anything other than a comb and scissors were ever to touch my moustache, a great disservice would be done to not only myself, but also to all of the lovely ladies fortunate enough to gaze upon my amorous upper lip. I've never had a mustache. All right, thanks for being such an open dime store book, John. Our next question is for someone who has been patiently on hold and will be joining us by telephone. A light in darkness. A skeleton key for doors that few should open. A map to navigate the fringes. I am Dr. Arturo Bellerophon. Good evening, Dr. Bellerophon. Thanks for joining us. It is my pleasure to help to celebrate this momentous occasion. You have my most enthusiastic felicitations. Ah, yes, my largely non-verbal mother also congratulates you from the motorized wheelchair to which she is confined. Thank you, Dr. Bellerophon, Mother Bellerophon. And in looking at this next question, it's a bit unexpected, so I just want to give you a fair warning. Fortunately, the unexpected is mine and mother's province. All right. Well, I suppose this question is directed to you, Dr. Bellerophon. It comes from Ashley W. And Ashley asks... Are Dr. Arturo Bellerophon and his mom actually the same person? Seems fishy to me. Fuck you, Ashley. Mother, please, there is no cause for vulgarity. Okay, I sincerely apologize, Ashley. We obviously do not censor our guests, but at the same time, this is uh, not indicative of the experience we wanted to give those who submitted questions. Again, I sincerely apologize. On behalf of Mother, I too apologize to Ashley. Now you understand why I describe Mother as being largely nonverbal. Um, just the same. Now is probably a good time to regroup. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. <laughs> no, Mother. I will not reach up to the shelf to get you the materials to construct in effigy. Dan Cream, the undisputed king of the written word, is back with the new bestseller, Influenza. Told entirely from the perspective of an influenza virus named Enza, 
Influenza tells the story of this virus as it struggles against culture, tradition, and a world that might just be too big for the dreams of an infectious disease. But Enza is determined to not let those struggles stand in the way of pursuing its dream, the only dream that Enza has ever had, the dream of becoming a commercial airline pilot. A story that teaches us just how communicable a dream can be, says Greg Chucker of the International Papercut. After reading this novel, you'll feel sick, not from the flu, but from heartache, says Carol Flush of Words Decaffeinated. I finished reading it 72 hours ago, and I still haven't been able to blink, says Gordon Hunch of Mouth Over Teeth Weekly. In Flu, Enza, the new bestseller by Dan Cream. Buy your copy today. Hello? Hello, this is Communications LLC, and we did it. You did? That's right. It took decades of scientific and spiritual research, countless hours of labor, and hundreds of millions of dollars, but we did it. Communications LLC has discovered the telephone number for the Christian God, and he's waiting to hear from you. For the relatively low price of $725,000 for the first three minutes, and only $95,000 for each additional minute, Communications LLC will dial the number of God and then hand the telephone over to you. From the meaning of life to the reason for evil in the world, no topic is off-limits, and we understand that, if you let him, he'll talk your ear off. Visit Communications LLC online today and schedule your telephone call. Finance is a concern? We'll connect you with one of our representatives who will offer you a variety of options, including second and third home mortgages and culturally criticized work opportunities. Communications LLC. Why spend any more time reading a holy book when we can give you the holy phone book? Welcome back to Gone Show. Welcome back to the season finale of The Gone Show. Joining me in the studio tonight are Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Conroy Pike. And almost all of us have been enjoying the opportunity to hear from you, the listener. Once again, apologies to Ashley W. Remind me to never cross Mother Bellerophon. Something tells me that not even death would protect me from her. As Edgar Allan Poe wrote in one of his stories, the boundaries which divide life from death are at best shadowy and vague. Who shall say where the one ends and where the other begins? Ew, that makes me feel so much better. Thank you. Okay, we're going to bring things back to Jay with a question from Jim T. And you do know that I've only had one question so far. I'm aware. Okay, Jay, here's your question from Jim T. How are your waste products dealt with? How are your waste products dealt with? You, for the love of... Well, thank you, Jim, for the question. I have always appreciated the saying, Waste not, want not. 
So I'm happy to say that the routine maintenance for my neural containment system doesn't so much involve waste removal as it does periodic cleaning. Not unlike a fish tank. There are some important differences, but yes, that's an adequate comparison. I've never considered putting a miniature castle in here with me, though. <laughs> fascinating. Next question. Thanks, Jay. And yes, like John said, it is fascinating. Our next question also comes from Carl S. My Carl. Yes, your Carl. Carl was nice enough to submit more than one question. Ew, I see. This one's for you, Conroy. Carl asks... What was your strangest delivery and for whom? First off, thank you for the question, Carl. Your question reminds me of a quote by Charles Baudelaire. The beautiful is always strange. And the delivery that I'm thinking of began with me receiving a very specific set of instructions, along with payment in full. That's always nice. Yes, sir. And this set of instructions had me traveling across the country to some of the nicest and most pleasant places that to this day I've ever been. And because of the specificity of the instructions, I arrived at each one of these places during both perfect weather and times when my surroundings looked their most spectacular. It can be difficult to predict good weather, even for a meteorologist. That's true. And despite that, the weather was always perfect wherever I was. At my final stop, which brought me to a hillside in a part of the country that I never thought could exist, I found myself surrounded by a horizon that must have been painted using the palette of a dream by flowers with a smell that seemed to fill my entire body and by a breeze that was so gentle it made me feel as though I was one with the wind. That sounds beautiful. As directed in my instructions, it was then that I opened an envelope, which was the last bit of material that I'd received. Inside, I found a note that read simply, You were the cargo. Remember to always handle with care. That is strange. And as I was looking at this note... I saw something from the corner of my eye move off in the distance. It was a man. He had been looking in my direction, but turned and began to walk away when I saw him. By the way he moved, he was elderly, and I couldn't help but notice that he was wearing a hat that looked an awful lot like the hat that I always wear. Okay, more strange. After watching this figure disappear from view, I looked once more at the note, and I noticed something else. The handwriting looked a lot like mine. Conroy, that's incredible. I don't know how it's possible, but maybe it comes down to time travel or... Someone delivering one's self. It certainly sounds like courier pornography to me. All right, I'm ready for another question. John, 
Thanks for sharing that, Conroy. Okay, our next question is another one for Jay, and a third question for the brain in a jar. Are you saving the remainder of my questions until the end of the show, so as to end with a bang? John, listen. First off, neither Stanislaw nor Mr. Escanaba received any questions, and it's nothing personal. But you did receive a question, right? But it was just the one. I only received one question? Yeah. From Carl S. Yeah. About my mustache. Right. Ew, I see. John, it's nothing personal. Of course. Come on, John, this is supposed to be a celebration. It's the season finale, and like I said, I couldn't have done it without you. Uh, Would you like to answer one of my questions, John? Uh, How are your waste products dealt with? Thank you, Jay. I've never been one for charity, though. It's quite obvious what's happened. As you knew, our gracious host has very little going for him. So, the relative excitement of this finale led to him accidentally misplacing all of my additional questions, and it must have been a very large stack. So, admittedly, it is quite embarrassing, but I will not spoil his evening. I forgive you, Bannon. Thank you for being so mature about it, John. In the interest of not spoiling this evening, I'll go ahead and move on, too. You see, a little professionalism can go a long way. As I was saying, this next question comes from Nikki H., who asks, Jay Stewart, why are you always so hot and bothered? Have you tried any anti-fog sprays to help reduce the steam on your jar? The people need to know. Oh my, I sincerely apologize, Nikki. It is never my intent to conduct myself in that manner. I feel absolutely terrible about... Jay, I think Nikki is joking around with you. I think that what she's saying is that you're the complete opposite of someone who's hot and bothered. Oh, I see. Well, thank you for saying so, Nikki. And what a relief. For a moment, I thought that I had behaved in a manner unbecoming a gentleman. Rest assured, Jay, I'm not sure the universe could survive such a thing. Uh, All right, that brings us to our last question. And this one's actually for me, which is a nice surprise because I'd intended all of the questions to be for guests. It's only fair for you to have at least one question. Well, this last question comes from... From Diane W., who asks, Bannon, what is it like to wrangle all these personalities for a talk show? I'm sure sometimes it can seem like wrangling. Thanks for the question, Diane. I definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, There might be the occasional disagreement and ectoplasmic explosion, but I can honestly say I'm honored to spend evenings like this one with all of my guests. Conroy might be rubbing off on me a bit, but there's a quote by Oscar Wilde that, if I paraphrase, might sum up my feelings quite nicely. 
ultimately the bond of all friendship is conversation. And I always look forward to the conversations that we have here. I couldn't agree more. And I couldn't have chosen a better, more accurate quote. My upper lip is still very stiff, but knew that it's become much more difficult to keep it that way. Thanks, John. And that about does it for this season of The Gone Show. To all of my guests, past and present, thank you. And to all of my listeners, thank you for being in on the conversation, if you know what I mean. We are happy to have you here with us. Thanks for a great first season. And until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show is a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.